You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to all of you, all the folks joining us, Grace Online, this morning. Have a great Christmas. Awesome. Yeah, we did as well. Um, one of my favorite times of the year in our Christmas Eve celebration service across our three campuses, four campuses across our campuses, we had a total of a little over 4,000 people who joined us in worship. And the greater number than that is we had 13 individuals who received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Isn't that awesome? That is certainly worth celebrating in this Christmas season. Well, if you were not here, uh, we gave out the gift from our worship team. They put together a Christmas worship CD. He will be called. And we have some of these left. So if you were not here, uh, certainly you can pick one up as you leave today. If you would like to pick up a couple extra, you say, hey, I'd like to share that with someone. Um, until all of the CDs are gone, they're available. So if you want to pick up a few extra, those are out in the foyer. So uh, you can pick those up. This morning, did anyone not get one? I thought after all of the services Christmas Eve, I'd get better at that, but they kind of have a a direction of their own. Well, here we are in the last Sunday of the year, and if you're like me, you're wondering, like, where in the world did the year go? I remember when I, was a young, when I was younger, my parents would say to me, like, wow, the older we get, the faster it goes. And I didn't understand that, but I understand it now. It's like, where did, where did last year go, and how did we get to the last Sunday of the year um, at such a rapid pace? But as we come to the end of the year, I think end of the year is always a great time to take um, a few moments just to reflect. And I would encourage you to do that between now and, and January the 1st. It doesn't have to be, you know, a half a day. Take 30 minutes and just, just kind of reflect on 2019 and give the Lord thanks. Not that there's not been adversities and challenges, but man, God blessed us so in 2019. So just to reflect, but as well, I would encourage you, uh, take some time to think over 2020. This is what I believe. This, I live with this conviction deep in my soul, not only for myself and my family, but for you and your family, is that God has greater things for you. I live every day in confident expectation of God's encounter in my life. And I believe that for you. So I would encourage you, as you move into 2020, move into the year with expectation of that. Uh, and you're going to be amazed what God does in this coming year. As we conclude our year, this is what I want to talk with you about this morning. I want to talk with you about running. Do we have any runners in the house this morning? One? Oh, two. That's pretty, and it's in a crowd this large. It's kind of surprising. (laughs) Oh, Jeff's here. I didn't see your hand, Jeff. Uh, I know you're a runner. Oh, and Car- is that Carl sitting beside? So we have four runners. That's a, you know, pretty good numbers, right? Four out of uh, 400 are runners. <laughs> I say we got a problem. So make sure you get like exercise into your growth plan for this coming year. Uh, well, I'm not a runner. I, I, to be honest with you, um, I don't like to run. I hear people talk about this thing they call the runner's high, and like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand that. Like, you get a high from running. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just don't run. I, uh, the best run I do is when I run to the dinner table. Um, and I'm pretty good at that one. But a couple years ago, someone asked me to run a 5K race to raise money for a great cause. And it must have been a weak moment because I said yes. I don't know why I said yes, but I said yes, I would run in this 5K race. Now, I understand that like 5K is not a a great distance, but if if you don't like running and you're not a good runner like myself, like 5K is forever. (laughs) But because I agreed to run in this race, I thought, well, I should do some preparation. I I should do a little training to get ready for this race. So a couple of weeks prior to, I tried to get myself motivated, and I just, I, I couldn't find the motivation to train, to get ready for the 5K. And so I showed up at the, five, the day of the 5K race, and I ran the race, and I literally thought I was going to see Jesus on that day. <laughs> like, how could a 5K race be, like, forever? Like, it just went on and on. Like, are we ever, are we ever going to get to the end of of this race. Needless to say, that was my last race. I've not run a race since then. Um, you know, I hear people talk about, you know, in their bucket list, they, they're going to run a, they want to run a, a marathon. And I'm thinking, why? <laughs> why would you, why would you want to do that? Like, you could watch a football game or something like that. As we're talking about running today, I'm not trying to convince you to go out and run a marathon. The running that we're going to talk about today is not physical running, but I want to talk with you about spiritual running. I'm going to talk with you about the spiritual race that we're in. Spiritually speaking, we're all in a race, and it's a race that really matters. Because not only will it shape your life while you're here on this earth, but it will impact your eternity. I don't know if, you, if you've ever thought about it like this, but the Christian life... It's a race. It's not a sprint, not like a short distance race. It's a marathon. And our goal, our goal is to run the race well and to finish well. Our goal is to honor God with our lives and to live our lives in such of a way that we are a blessing to others, to run well and finish well. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I want to run well and finish well. Go ahead and tell him. I want to run well and finish well. It's really all about, it's really all about our dash. Several years ago, there was a lady by the name of Linda Ellis who wrote a poem that I think is healthy for us to hear ever so often and to reflect back to. Now, I'm not a big poem guy, but this poem has always encouraged me and challenged me and helped me as I am in this process of what I would call my faith race. So I want you to listen to the words of this poem. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on, his, on their tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they spent alive on the earth. And now only those who love them know what, li- what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live in love, how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. Be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. 
If we treat each other with respect, then more often we are a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? So think about your life. Think about your dash. How are you doing? How are you doing in your faith race? You know, just as every race has a starting line and finish line, so it is true in our faith race. The starting line is when you made a decision to receive Christ as your Savior. Whatever day that was, whenever that happened, for me it happened when I was four years old. That's when I began my faith race. For some of you, maybe it was earlier. For some of you, it was later. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you would identify today as a follower of Jesus Christ, then there was a starting point in your faith race. And it was when you embraced that of God's mercy and grace for your life. So just as there's a starting line in every race, there's also a finish line in every race. I don't know if you realize it or not, but every one of us in the room today are terminal. We have an expiration date. We just don't know when it's going to be. No one lives forever. Um, we are spiritual beings who, who are having a temporary physical experience. What does that mean? It means one of these days, if Jesus doesn't come, you'll come to the end of your life. I was just here Friday evening, a part of a, of a celebration of life service. This morning I was up early working on a funeral that's going to happen tomorrow for another Grace Covenant family member um, who came to the end of their race, the end of their life. So in our faith race, like every race, there's a, there's a starting point, there's a starting line, and there's, there's a finish line. And our goal in this faith race, again, is to run well and, and finish well. And I believe the author of Hebrews gives us some great insight into this faith race that we're running. So in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, it's on the screen. Listen as I read this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now let me tell you about this faith race that we're in. And then as I wrap this up, I want to give you some running tips as to how we can run the race well. Because we're in it to win it, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I'm I'm in it to win it. Listen, we're we're not just coasting through. We're not just trying to get by. We're not, listen, I remember when I was a kid, funniest thing, we used to have testimony time in a little church I grew up in. And there was one lady, I could, I could tell you what she was going to say every Sunday night when it was testimony time. She would end her testimony with this, and pray for me that I can hang on till Jesus comes. And I, today, looking back on that, I'm thinking, and why do you want to just hang on till Jesus comes? Man, we want to cross the finish line running wide open. Wide open. Well, we're, we're in it to win it. 
But let me tell you four things about this faith race that we're in. The first is this. It's, it's a race of grace. That good news, it's a race of grace. Now, oftentimes when we think of grace, we think of salvation, that we are saved by grace. And that would certainly be true. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Listen, there's only one way to salvation, and that's by the grace of God. But we are saved by grace. But listen, grace is so much more than just salvation. Every day, we have the privilege of living in God's grace. So what is grace? It's this. The word grace means unmerited favor. So as you're running this race, it's a race of grace and that you have God's unmerited favor. You have God's work, God's action, God's provision in your life and for your life. You're not running the race alone. It's a race of grace. And that's good news because it's also a race with hills. A race with hills. Now, as I said earlier, I'm not a runner. But I do know this. It's a lot harder to run up the hill than it is to run down the hill. Right? Even if you're not a runner, let's just say you're a walker. Uh, you should be doing something. Let me t- let me t- here's a little side note, a little kick in the seat of the pants. You need to be doing something physically for exercise. No amens on that? You need to. But let's say you're not, you're not running. You're not a runner. We have four runners in the room. Um, so obviously not everyone in the room is a runner. But even if you're out for a walk, I mean, if you know, it takes a lot more effort to go up the hill than it goes to go down the hill. This faith race we're in is a race with hills. Meaning this, there's points and places of adversity Difficulty and challenge. And we don't want to be surprised by that. We don't want to be like caught off guard by that. And we need, we need to understand that there's going to be some hills that we have to climb. And God doesn't promise us an easy race. What, does, what he does promise is his presence with us in the race. His help for us in the race. James 1-2 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So as you're running your faith race, if you come to some hills, hear me, don't, don't get discouraged. Don't be surprised. It's part of the race. It's part of what God's working out in your life and through your life. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a race with heels. This race of faith is also a race with rewards. A race with rewards. When I was in elementary school, every spring we would have what we called field day. And I would assume probably um, in your elementary school, if you can remember back, you probably had something of the same. We call it field day. And we loved it because we got out of the classroom. It was a whole day outside, not in the classroom. And on field day, they would have all of these races, these events. They have a 50-yard dash, a 100-yard dash, the, the 220 and the 440 and on and on. And, and as these different races would happen, individuals would be rewarded if they won. Matter of fact, they, was, they would give ribbons uh, for first, second, and third place, blue, red, and white. Now, I've never won any ribbons, but I had friends who won ribbons. I could celebrate with them. But after every race, what there was a reward. And it's the same in our faith race. 
So in this race we're in is a race of rewards. Not just, not just eternity. There is eternal reward that we will experience someday and one day when your life ceases to exist on this earth. But even in this present reality, as we set our hearts to honor God, we experience that of his work in our lives. It's a race. It's a race with rewards. Listen, I could take the rest of our time this morning and all of next service and probably most of the afternoon just talking about the goodness of God that's come for my life. And listen, I don't believe the goodness of God has come for my life because I'm anyone special or because I have a title in front of my name or because I'm like any different than you. I believe the blessing of God has come for my life because I've set my heart to seek him. I have one passion in my life. The greatest passion in my life is to honor God with my life. And I live that out on a daily basis. And in that, what I experience, I experience what the author of Proverbs talks about when he says, the blessings of the Lord chase after the righteous. I'm here to tell you today that they've already caught me. And I like it. I enjoy it. Like every human being, what we all like reward, right? Like there's no one in here who would say, oh no boss, I don't want the bonus, give it to someone else. No, what we like reward, right? And the good news about this faith race that we're in is it's, it's a race of rewards. And lastly, it's a race to a better future. Because God's good and he's always working for good, as we set our hearts to honor him, listen, we can live in expectation of his good work in and for our lives. We can live confidently knowing what, that he has a better future for us. I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 that says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even begun to comprehend what God has prepared. Get that, what God has prepared for those who love him. So if you're here today and you would say, Hey, I love God, I'm in the race, then scripture says that God has prepared greater things for you. So it's a race to a better future, not just a better eternity. We have that to look forward to. But again, in the everyday realities of our lives, as we're running in this faith race, as we're as we're in it to win it, what we experience a better future. So how do we run to win? How can we run this faith race to discover ongoing what I would call victory in our lives? The author of Hebrews gives us, I believe, some effective insight as to how we can run the race well. Matter of fact, there's four running tips in the three verses, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and I want to give them to you quickly. The first is this. If we're going to run the faith race well, we need to focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. If you look back to Hebrews 12, verse 3, The scripture says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The message paraphrase reads like this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. So focus in the faith race is critical. Why? Because it keeps us running in the right direction and pursuing the right person being Jesus. Now, let's say that you signed up to run a 5K or 10K race. Now, most of you probably wouldn't do that because we only have five runners in the room. But let's just for sake of illustration, let's say that you were going to run a 10K race. Now, most of the 10K races, they you know, kind of meander up and down streets through neighborhoods. Um, and if you're not careful, if you're not focused as you're running, you can make a wrong turn. And this is what happens. You get off course. You get off track. 
Now, how many of you know at that point, it doesn't matter how fast you're running or how good you're running, you're still not going to win the race. Why? Because you're going in the wrong direction. You took a wrong turn. You lost your focus. And it's critical in our faith life that we consistently, continually keep our focus on Jesus. I don't know if you've realized this in life, but there's a lot of distractions. Can we agree on that? A lot of distractions. Not only do we have distractions, but the scripture tells us in 1 Peter 5 that we have an adversary who wants to deceive us. What does he want to do? Really simple. He wants to get us off track. He wants to get us off course. Now, there's distraction and, and there's deception. So what do we need to do? We need to consistently, continually bring our focus back to. So as you're running this faith race, we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. Listen, friends, this is why both private and corporate worship is so critical. You know, every morning, every morning, I begin my morning in the Word and in worship. What am I doing? I'm recalibrating my focus back to Jesus. See, I have a problem. You may not have the same problem I have, but I have this human tendency to get distracted. Pretty easy. A bit ADD. I can be working in my office and a bird flies by and it's like, whoo, look at that bird. <laughs> Doesn't take much to get me off course. Um, a lot of things that can distract me. So every morning... What's critical for me in in my time of private worship is I'm recalibrating. I'm setting my focus back on the one who's given me life. That's why corporate worship, times like this, is so important. I hear people say all the time, well, you know, I I don't need to go to church. I'm just going to stay home. Maybe I'll watch it online. Can I tell you that times of corporate worship, times like this are really important? Let me tell you why they're really important. You're calibrating your focus back to Jesus. Because the human, listen, the human tendency is for us to get off track. The human tendency is to, to we, we begin to stray. Most of the time it's not even intentional. There's this and there's that and we want this and we're chasing after that. And before long, we're 10 degrees off course. And if you travel 10 degrees off course for a long period of time, before long, you're, you're way off course in this faith race. First, the first running tip, friends, is this. I would encourage you on a daily basis, recalibrate your focus back to Jesus. Here's a second running tip that the author of Hebrew gives us to run the race well. It's just confront the idols. Hebrews 12.1 says this, throw off everything that hinders. Everything that hinders. You know, one of the big hindrances of running the race well, I believe, is idolatry. Now, when we think of idols, even when we hear the word idols, our tendency oftentimes is to, uh, our minds drift back to the Old Testament and we think about, yeah, they had idols, they, they fashioned these statues made of wood and stone and metal and then they bowed to these statues that was idolatry i don't have any statues in my house so idolatry is not a problem and i would say maybe we need to think that through in a little different way 
Because I think idolatry is a huge issue, not only in the United States of America today, but in the church. And idolatry, if we're not careful, can be a hindrance that keeps us from running the faith race well. So let me give you a little broader definition of idolatry. It's there in your notes. Idolatry is when we put aside what God really wants in order to satisfy cravings or desires that are contrary to his wishes, that are contrary to his desires. An idol is anything that takes the place of God. When there's something in your life that you give greater priority to, greater place to, greater allegiance to than God, then that thing or that person has become an idol in your life. It's become a hindrance for you in your faith race. So thinking of that broader definition of idolatry, money can be an idol. Now money's not bad. We all need money. We know money in and of itself is neutral. But if we're not careful, we can have a pursuit of money that's greater than our pursuit of God. At that point, friends, let me tell you what money has become. It's become an idol in your life. Or we could talk about career path. If your passion and pursuit of your career path, nothing wrong with having a career. Because I understand we all need to provide for our families. I, I clearly understand that. But if your pursuit of a career is greater than your passion and pursuit of God, then you've taken that career and you've made an idol out of it. You've placed it before God. Or we could talk about an individual. If there's an individual in your life that you, that you have greater allegiance to, greater passion for than God, then if you're not careful, even that individual in your life can become an idol. I could go on and on with things in our lives that can become idols that draw us away from this. Obedience to and allegiance to God. Anything that draws you away from obedience to God and allegiance to God is an idol in your life. What does it do? It hinders you in the faith race. So what do we need to do? We need to confront the idols. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is there an idol in your life that you need to confront this morning that's hindering you in in the faith race that we're in? Is there something that you've allowed to take a priority in your life even over the God who's given you life. We've got we to confront the idol. Here's the third running tip that the author of Hebrews gives us, and it's address the sin. Address the sin. Look again to Hebrews 12. One, not only are we called to throw off everything that hinders, but also to address the sin. Notice the scripture says, the sin that so easily entangles. Or we might say it like this, the sin that trips us up. Now, because we're human, uh, we sin. Are we okay with that? I mean, we, we are faulty beings who don't always get it right. We don't always say the right things. We don't always do the right things. So none of us are perfect. There's only one who was perfect, and it was, wasn't you. It was Jesus. So the reality is, because of... As humanity, we have this issue, we have this issue of sin, and the author of Hebrews says, hey, if you want to run the race well, 
then you need to address this sin that can trip you up. If you were running in a, a physical race, like a 5K or a 10K or, or a full marathon, one of the things that you would want to make sure that you did is to tie your shoelaces really well. It would be silly to try to run a marathon with your shoes untied, tripping over your shoestrings. What They would trip you up. And in a similar way, what does sin, unconfessed sin, unowned sin in our lives trips us up? It's like, it would be like trying to run a marathon with an extra hundred pounds of weight on one. It impedes our progress. So we need to consistently, continually address the sin and repent. This is what John, this is the advice John gives us in 1 John 1, 8 and 9. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess, if we own our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So if we're going to run this race well, this faith race well, then I would suggest we need what I call R&R, routine repentance. Why do you need routine repentance? Because you're a faulty, failure-prone human being just like me. What do we need? Routine repentance. We own our sin. We bring it humbly before the one who gives us... I just just reminded God this morning of the good news of this scripture. God, your mercies are new to me every morning. How many of that's good news? So we can come humbly, owning our sin. And as we own our sin, the scripture tells us that we're cleansed. We're cleansed of our sin. So here's a great question for you this morning. Another great question. What sin might you need forgiveness for today? What weight might you need to remove today? Listen, you simply cannot run the faith race, the faith race well if you're weighted down with sin. We need to address the sin. The last directive that we're given to run this race well is this run with perseverance. The last part of Hebrews 12, 1 says this, let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Now we all have a different race because our lives are different. We're all in a faith race, but for all of us, our our race is a little different. But, But as we're in this race, but we want to honor God with our lives. And to do that, we have to run with perseverance. That means when we get knocked down, we get back up. It means when we, when we get weary or tired, well, we, we, we keep on moving. It means that when we get disappointed, we, we don't quit. Well, we keep on running. Listen, if you've been in the, this faith race for very long, for any time at all, what you know is you know it's, it's not always easy. As I said earlier, it's a race with heels. Matter of fact, Jesus said such things as this, as they persecuted me, so they will persecute you. John 16, 33, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, you have challenges. So as we're running this faith, we're going to run with perseverance. But we pray and we keep on praying. We worship and we keep on worshiping. We, we serve and we keep on serving. We give and we keep on giving. Listen, we are tenacious in our pursuit of God and we're fully committed as we live out, as we walk out our faith. 
So what we know is that God is good and God's faithful and God's working for our good. So when times gets hard and there's some hills to climb in your faith race, listen, when you're weary, don't give up. Keep worshiping, keep praying, keep seeking, keep believing. Run with perseverance. Never, never give up. I want to leave you this morning with one of my favorite cartoon clips that I hope will stick in your mind as to the value and significance of running this race with perseverance and not giving up. We have that. Oh, yeah, it's up. One of my favorite Every time life gets a little hard and I actually think about maybe throwing the towel in and quitting, I'm reminded of this little graphic. This stork is quite amazed. He thought he had dinner. And what he didn't realize is he got a hook to the wrong frog. He got a hook to a frog that wasn't giving in and wasn't giving up. He got a hook to a frog that's hanging on for dear life. Listen, friends, here's the reality. Sometimes, gets, sometimes life gets hard. Listen, Jesus is always good. But sometimes life gets hard. What do, we have? what do we need to do? We need to run with perseverance. Not backing down. We're not giving up. But we're running with tenacity. As we're running toward the one who's given us life. So my challenge to you this morning, I'll leave you with this. Run the race set before you. Listen, don't stall. Don't meander. Don't wander aimlessly. Run the race with the finish line in mind because that's what really matters. Run in such of a way that one day, one day you'll hear Jesus say these words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen. Lord, I thank you today for your love and your grace, your provision for our lives. God, I thank you for the miracle of salvation. Oh Lord, for the hope that we have And Lord, for what we get to live in and live out every day, that being your power and your provision for our lives. Lord, I truly believe that your goodness is chasing after the righteous. Lord, we want to be those who run this faith race well. But we want to honor you with our lives. So Lord, I pray today, not only for myself, but for all of my friends here, who would identify as being a follower of Jesus. Lord, I would ask today that you, Holy Spirit, the one who's present to help us, the one who is the paracletos, the one who comes alongside us, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us run this race well. Not to meander, not to run aimlessly, but Holy Spirit, help us to keep our focus on Jesus. Remind us every day that we need to recalibrate back on track our focus on Jesus Holy Spirit help us to confront the idols may we be self aware may we be willing to call it what it is if it's taken precedence in our lives over you God Holy Spirit help us to see it to confront the idols Holy Spirit help us to address the sin Lord we all sin it's a reality None of us are perfect. Lord, what's critical is that we're willing to address the sin, take ownership of it. And in that, I'm grateful that your mercies are new every morning. Holy Spirit, help us to address the sin. And Holy Spirit, help us to run with perseverance when we get weary. 
when we've been climbing hills where it seems like for a really long time, Holy Spirit, energize us. Help us run with perseverance. May we not quit. May we not throw in the towel. But may we tenaciously keep running. Until we hear, Lord, that day when we come to the end of our lives, well done. Lord, we're in it to win it. We're in it to honor you in our lives and with our lives. So Holy Spirit, again, I pray for everyone in the room today. Holy Spirit, help us to run the race well. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.